The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, mystics, hello, seekers. Welcome to all those who desire to come up higher. This is The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And today we are pleased to welcome once again our spiritual director, Reverend David Dry. Tom and Terry, thank you so much for having me back. <laughs> it's oh, always, always a pleasure. You're welcome. Now, today is a milestone for us. This is our 300th show. Hard to believe, isn't it, that it's we've amazing. been doing this long? And we thought that rather than have a singular topic today, we would probably have more of a buffet. Kind of a potpourri of different things we've talked about over, over the six years or so we've been doing this, and some things we've touched on maybe a little bit uh, lightly. So we thought we might just kind of go into those a bit. We have no real order here with kind of whatever the Holy Spirit dictates, and I will go off the reservation immediately right now by saying that (laughs) I was listening to something the other day, and I heard this choir singing, Oh, Happy Day. And my reaction to that when I hear it is, of course, wait a minute. Um, you've forgotten or you've not been taught that karma is very important, that you must balance your own karma. Nobody else can do it for you, not even Jesus. And that while it's great to be embrace Jesus and he's our Lord and Savior, you've got to balance your karma for your soul to gain its immortality. And I just think these great souls of light are singing with such joy in their hearts and in their, in their eyes, and yet they've not been taught that the orthodox view is perhaps lacking a certain very critical element. So one of the things we talk about a lot on this show is karma. And the fact that, um, as I said a moment ago, we can't have anybody else balancing it for us. It's cosmic law with every jot and tittle. So I wanted to kind of start there that as a subtext for all the other things we may talk about, that the idea that we have a karmic debt to pay and that if we want to ascend, we've got to balance a certain amount of that karma initially and then balance the rest of it whether we're here or there, before we can really fully have that oneness with God. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I just want to throw that out. Well, Tom, that is the key. <laughs> uh, the, the goal is to balance our karma. And I think, you know, the greatest challenge that the Summit Lighthouse faced, you know, going all the way back to the very beginning with Mark Prophet 1958, and then um, Elizabeth came along in 1961. You know, the great challenge is, you know, how do we how do we share this message, you know, in a world that has a certain orthodox view yeah. of it? And, and one of the things that was fascinating to me was, you know, as I began being interested in this kind of thing is that I, I learned that in the East, you know, in India and in many of the Eastern philosophies, you know, reincarnation is actually part of what they believe. And so reincarnation and karma, it's all part of, you know, the, the concept as you sow, so you shall reap. And so here in the West, it was a relatively new thing. I think it really, you know, even going all the way back. You know, to theosophy and and um, the I am activity, 
it's been a while for West to kind of embrace this. And mm-hmm. if you look now at where we are today versus where we are back, you know, from the 70s and even the 60s, a lot of people now really are starting to understand this concept of karma. Well, you know, I think we, we are aware, we are quite aware that the one of the strategies of the fallen angels, the fallen ones, was to take us away from that awareness. And then, in fact, it was in the church's first four or 500 years that very basic and major changes were made in our understanding of karma and reincarnation. These were taught. The church fathers, Origen, for example, taught these concepts. And then Theodora and Justinian decided, well, wait a minute, that doesn't work for us. We're going to change that. And they influenced the church, obviously, through councils to eradicate some of those great formational core teachings. So over the next 1,600 years or so, they have been gradually erased, forgotten, and Lost, yeah. now we're trying to bring them back and say, listen, folks, it's important that we remember that these are the foundations for our soul's immortality. You know, when I talk to people, when I travel, um, one of the things I share with them is that, you know, people ask, well, how do I know if I'm balancing my karma, going in the right direction? Yeah. You know, what is God's calling for me and so forth? And I'm married to an astrologer. She's <laughs> a very good astrologer, I might add. She is quite. And one of the things that, that uh, she learned from some of the, the the foremost astrologers in the world is that you know, your karma is actually winds up, winds up becoming your passion. So, in other words, you know at a soul level when you come into this life, where do you need to be, you know, what do you need to do to achieve that? So, mm-hmm. oftentimes when you will talk to somebody about, you know, why did you decide to become a doctor? Why did you decide to become a minister? What led you into the health profession? What led you into teaching? Why did you become an attorney? <laughs> you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's because the soul knows at a certain level where they need to serve life. And I think one of the great keys of, uh, to understanding the balancing of karma, you can, you can actually go back to the simple life of Mother Teresa. You know, the, the reason why her life was so monumental and why her organization became such a, a very strong and profound movement is because they serve life at a very simple level. And yeah. so that's how you balance karma is serving others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's your passion, you know, whatever your passion is. And you usually begin to get the inklings of that when you're a teenager, you know, what am I going to do to I want to change the world in some way or another. Well, well we, there is something you can do to actually change the world. That's, we, that's well, we talked about, you know, the, the what's required to ascend includes the fulfilling of your cosmic plan, your blueprint. Right. And you, you can see a lot of clues, as you said, David, and as you're talking about too, Terry, that we kind of have a sense of what that passion probably is. We kind of know where we're led. We know what we're focusing on. We, we feel what we're drawn to. And if we pay attention, we can be... You know, become aware of whether or not we're actually serving life in the way that we're intended to. Well, I think one of the great things about the Ascended Masters <clears throat> teachings and, and the great uh, understanding of, you know, how you balance karma. You know, we talk a lot about the science of the spoken word. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about the violet flame. And really what's happening is the soul on the inner understands this. But because of the various overlays of our culture, our society, you know, perhaps our karma, there's a disconnect between, you know, what we have this inner sense of, you know, where we need to go and what we need to achieve versus what we're actually doing. And I think one of the things that we've we've all witnessed, you know, over the years is we've watched people take up the teachings of the Ascended Masters and follow the path, you know, through the giving of their decrees and so forth, is that as those kind of, those, those layers and overlay, overlays of energy get transmuted and changed and people get into a mode of service, mm-hmm. whatever that service might be. That's where you see great change. That's where you see the opening of the heart, you know, the changing of, of a person's life. You know, one of the things that I try to uh, in- encourage people to do is find a way to volunteer no matter where you are. You know, help, try to help people that, that, 
you know, don't have what you have, that some of them have nothing. You know, there's Volunteers of America. There are many um, volunteer positions within hospitals. Get yourself in a place where, you know, you can serve people, serve the others, learn first aid, learn how to care for people at a very basic and simple level, you know, and do this where it's not going to cost you anything, you know, in terms of the outer, but what it will do for you, the benefits for you on the inner is how it will change your heart. And then you you might find yourself getting into a profession, you know, as a result of that volunteering. And uh, all of a sudden, boom, you've clicked into the next gear. Well, I, I, yeah. They used to say, follow your passion. Yeah. Well, I know, I know quite a few young adults in this organization, you know, that when they were in 13, 14, 15 years old, they actually began a process of volunteering, you know, whether it happened to be at the food bank Wherever the case might be, they got themselves into a situation where they could learn about the issues of life. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a wonderful lecture that we have that we published called "Out of the Heart of the Issues of Life." <laughs> yes. You know, this was a lecture mm-hmm. that Mrs. Prophet gave, you know, over 30 years ago. Yeah. And you know, it really gives you the summary in a very wonderful, simple way about the process of where you need to go to start to begin to balance your karma. And the key is to open up your heart through service to life, to get in touch with that light in your heart. And it's very difficult to do that if you're not serving <laughs> others in some way. Yeah, you know, and as we talk about service, we're really referring to one of the core of foci of the Ascended Master's teachings. And of course, as those of you who are listening to the show are fully aware, we do publish and practice these teachings. And I want to kind of... Um, bend the trajectory here just a little bit because as we talk about the Ascended Masters and their teachings, we also talk about being part of a flow, if you will. And we have referred to this com- this concept of hierarchy before where there is a um, various levels and layers of consciousness. As we ascend, we continue to ascend. We continue to transform ourselves and transcend ourselves. Even God transcends himself. So the hierarchy is a very live and lively um, process. So here we are in this earth plane. We are talking about karma and reincarnation because we understand how important that is. Talking about our life purpose, our life plan. This is all part of something that's grand that we are involved in. This pageant of the ascension is so very, very important. So I'd like to ask you, David, if you would kind of lead this discussion a bit of what is hierarchy? How does that appear? What does it look like? And, you know, why is it important for us to understand that hierarchy is something we're actually involved in? Well, the great foundation of hierarchy is called the Guru-Chiyo relationship. It's what all of cosmos is based upon, you know, and for, for most of our listeners, you know, they probably can relate to Alpha and Omega, you know, mm-hmm. in the beginning. And so hierarchy is the whole structure of how life is organized all the way back to the great central sun, all the way back to Alpha and Omega. And so the great masters of East and West have taught their disciples through what's called the Guru-Chi relationship, the foundational principles of the path. What are the very things that you need to do to be able to return back to God? What are the things you need to change within your core? What are some of the things you're doing today that are not helping you, that are actually making karma instead of balancing karma? So the Guru-Chi relationship is something that Jesus taught. Really, it's quite remarkable, the last 17 years that you know, they're missing in the Bible where he went to the East and he studied with a number of masters in the Himalayas, specifically Lord Maitreya. He taught this very principle, you know, about his reliance upon the father, the mm-hmm. father being his guide, which is the way to understand the guru as the father, the teacher. 
And so we all know that no matter what we're going to do in this life, no matter what our calling is, we have to learn from somebody who knows more about yeah. what it is we're going to become, mm-hmm. whether, you know, whatever path we choose. And so we look to the professors and the professionals when we're learning to become a physician or we're learning to become a teacher or we're learning to become a good general contractor. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, you know, you have to put in the time, you have to put in the process to where you begin to learn and understand how the masters would do it before you. You know, of course, in our educational system, we have bachelor degree, master's degree, PhD, professorship. And so these are greater levels of study and mastery. You can equate the same thing to a spiritual path as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, that's, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. But we know that when the masters have made their transition and, and ascended back to God, we recognize the fact that they're just beginning, mm-hmm. that there's a whole process of growth where they can expand and go beyond, you know, in greater service to the light. And, and uh, this is the great mystery of the inner planes, the inner realms. Well, you know, one of the things, looking at hierarchy as a, as a process, as a, um, a series of tiers, if you will, T-I-E-R-S, you know, it's interesting to feel uh, the joy, the being on fire when you first really discover these, perhaps discover them again, that you are part of this pageantry, this this hierarchy. You want to get there as fast as you can. And, you know, we have this term, this concept we've spoken of before called storming heaven. And you want to kind of be careful. You don't go too far too fast. You know, you want to take take on uh, awareness by degrees. You, you become God, as we said in our show on mysticism. We become God by degrees. Hierarchy is a series of degrees. The initiatic path is a series of degrees. As you said, in our educational system, you've got bachelor, master's, doctorate, et cetera, degrees again. So we, we take it a degree at a time. And we don't want to skip degrees. We don't want to, we don't want to cut in line too much because we have run the risk of getting too far too fast and then suddenly we're... Right. Well, we we I vaporize. <laughs> I think one of the key points in all of this, which is really important, is there's been, you know, the sinister force, the fallen ones have created the anti-guru chila relationship, yeah. the anti-path. And so, my, in my experience, I find that once people understand this process and begin to go through it, where they, they're willing to change, willing to learn, they're open to that, there is a certain freedom and a certain joy that they don't have. And so, this is one of the great blessings of the, of the true path, and we can certainly, you know, talk more about that. And we will. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue with our buffet of topics as we celebrate our 300th show. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. 
On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. You're listening to The Open Door, where today we're celebrating our 300th show, which is quite a milestone. Yes, it is. Tom, could I uh, could I just tag on to hierarchy for a moment because I had a thought. Uh-oh. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> One <laughs> that's one of just a few. One in a row. Yeah, um, I did uh, two two years in the army, so I have a little bit of that under my belt. <laughs> and I got drafted, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I was thinking about hierarchy, uh, the Guru Chila relationship, and uh, there are souls who are absolutely determined to put themselves in the face of Jack Webb, the drill instructor. <laughs> if anybody's seen that movie. This guy is the epitome of the worst thing you could ever run into if you want to become a Marine. I think it was a Marine Corps. So here's, here's a soul that knows where he or she needs to go and says, I, I am absolutely determined to do this thing. And they don't realize maybe at the time that it's a guru-chila relationship they're looking for. And unless they go through that, they do not become who they are supposed to next become. And I'll tell you, you see some of these people that have gone through the military and have faced that quote-unquote drill instructor, <laughs> yeah. and these people are stellar souls for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, you know, Mrs. <laughs> Prophet, you know, one of the things she sometimes would do with a young man who, who needed some discipline and training is she would actually recommend they actually go into the military. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of great stories about that, you know, within our community and how these men went through their training, mm-hmm. came out the other side, had a stellar career of their service to the to the country, and really grew up. And I remember them coming back and saying, you know, I thought things were hard, you know, being, you know, in a guruish relationship with, with Ma, but I'll tell you what, you know, you go to that <laughs> Mr. Webb, the drill sergeant there or whoever, and it was it was very, very different. And they, they began to really appreciate that that structure 
and the discipline that you see within the military that makes the military work really is very similar to the Guru Yeah, it's straight out of the Great Central Sun. Well, that discipline and that, that kind of humble obedience is yeah. so important for the soul to learn. Well, it is, because when you, when you finally meet Master Moria, you, you realize that he's your drill instructor for a while oh, yeah. until you get your act together and, and, you know, can move on from there. Do you remember a program we did recently on the Ascension where we're talking about, actually, we listened to a dictation from Serapis Bay who said, you know, some people think we're not very nice. <laughs> they, they come here and they expect to be coddled. Or they made it this far and they expect yeah. us to, they said, we're not here to honor your ego. We're not here to give you that coddling. There's something much, much higher here, and this goes back to the guru-teacher relationship at its most essential level. You give yourself to the master mm-hmm. in obedience, in discipline, and in single-minded devotion. And it means letting go of a lot of things you might think otherwise about yourself that are maybe important to you personally, but you know, the teacher says, nah. <laughs> one of my favorite stories actually comes from Autobiography of a Yogi. And, you know, of course, Paramahansa Yogananda, his guru was Sri Yukteswar. And there came a point in, in his training where Sri Yukteswar said to Yogananda that he was no longer going to discipline him or chastise him. This interchange took place. Yogananda dropped to his knees, wrapped his arms around <laughs> his master's ankle, and sobbed uncontrollably. And he describes this moment where he's actually begging his master, Father, you know, please keep teaching me. Please keep teaching me this understanding mm-hmm. of these of this, you know, these divine, you know, concepts. And he said, No, my son. You have what you need now. You become the teacher. So this was kind of the point of that transfer. And yet, you know, the sadness and the grief that somehow, you know, he would no longer have this form of love from his master <laughs> was incredible. <laughs> it's really incredible. And, and you know, Mrs. Prophet talked a lot about that too as well. And I think we all have had these moments, you know, where we felt, you know, whether it was through her as our teacher and our guru that we would feel the, the fire of the master you know, that, that inner experience for those who really have embraced it is something that you, it's difficult to describe. And yet the great profound love that you, that I felt personally, you know, for some of the experiences that I had, mm-hmm. um, I'll never forget it because even in the moment of where you were receiving a certain discipline, you felt the great love and comfort in the great hand of the master holding you up. And we have to remember that, you know, they have that, that, uh, they have that remarkable quality. <laughs> well, and I can imagine that part of the impetus for that request was that, you know, Yogananda wanted to continue to accelerate his learning, his consciousness, and his conscious expansion. And that kind of raises another question about, you know, how how fast can we accelerate our own transmutation of karma? How, how fast can we go on the path l- l- lawfully? Well, it's a great question, you know, <laughs> and, and people have often, you know, asked the you know, for the masters to give them all their karma at once so they could somehow, you know, jump ahead and, and transmute great piles of, of darkness and so forth. But I think you have to keep going back to the fact that your soul knows. Your soul knows the I am presence and Holy Christ self know, and your soul knows the pace that you need to go through. And God's not going to give you an initiation that you can't pass. That's one of the great elements of cosmic law. Mm-hmm. However, there are ways you can face these initiations, you know, whether it's through building up a great momentum of your, of the spoken word, the cleansing of your chakras, or if you choose to ignore doing that and not have a great spiritual foundation, you can get the same test. But instead of a butterfly just gently floating by you saying thanks for the memories <laughs> yeah. versus, you know, you running face to face up against, you know, your worst, the worst kind of individual – and it may have been the very same same initiation, but the only reason why it was the butterfly instead of the beast 
was because of the spiritual efforts you put into preparing yourself. Well, and mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, David, that um, your um, sermon this last Sunday and your choice of dictation, the St. Germain dictation, mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, Just yeah, it was, awesome. It was powerful. And it's St. Germain carrying the baseball bat. This <laughs> is, there's no feather in his hand in this particular instance, I don't think. He really went after it. And talking about the flame of devotion and service and how important it is, and it just harkens back to what I was understanding as you were talking about the guru chia relationship. This is our guru. And he's got a vested interest in how his chilas stack up. And here's an opportunity, you know, to serve the world in a way. And, you know, going back to the world service we talked about with Mother Teresa. It all kind of fits together, you know, that we're here to serve and we have to make some sacrifices. It's, you know, it's a path of joy, but there's still... There's some things you have to do. Well, I think one of the key things about the path, which is is oftentimes hard for people to understand, and that is that God doesn't have to give you anything. <laughs> he doesn't guarantee that you're just going to have your ascension because you somehow now have the knowledge of, you know, the path of initiation and the path of the ascended masters. The important thing to understand is because you've even been able to hear the word, you've been able to contact the organization or contact the light, you already have to have a certain amount of karma balance even to retain that and be willing to step put your step, you know, on the path. And so I think this is the thing that, that sometimes is very difficult for people to realize, you know, and part of our, unfortunately, part of the theology that we've had to live with, you know, is that, you know, Jesus died for your sins and you don't have to do anything other than just believe on his name, you know, has really short-circuited the path for many. Instead of people taking accountability, you know, they've passed it off to someone else. For me, when I look at this path and look at the journey it's, it's one of the greatest things ever to be able to be responsible for what you do, to take accountability for what you do, and to recognize that you personally, with this, with these concepts and keys embodying, you know, where you're at, you personally can make a tremendous difference, you know, in the world and the people that you affect. Mm-hmm. But you have to make an effort, you know. I've, I've often said, what's the difference between a saint and a sinner? Effort. <laughs> it's no more complicated than that. You know, I mean, why did Mother Teresa make it? And others didn't. You know, why did Jesus make it and, and his apostles didn't? You know, it's the effort you place in bringing yourself back to the understanding of who you are, why you're here, and what is your relationship to God. You know, one of the common threads in our discussions, too, has <laughs> been to talk about our, our awareness. I mean, this, this is accountability 101. God's energy is what we use to animate, to think, to say, to do. So if we understand that accountability as a creation, everything that we create has a consequence, has, has a, a price, if you will, or, or a premium, and that's karma. So I think that when we talk about how we go through life and making the effort, that one of the things we have to remember, again, this goes back to the beginning of today's show, is that we are indeed co-creators with God. We have that power. Every thought, word, and deed creates. So we might as well start you know, making sure that what we create is good and that it conforms to the goodness of God's will, which leads to the next question, you know, that when we talk about being aware, being tuned in to what it is, the the inner teacher, the guru, and God's will, how do we know? I mean, is, is there a yardstick? Is there a benchmark? Is there some way of knowing that we are indeed pursuing God's will and not our own? You know, probably little one question. Most, probably yeah. one of the most difficult <laughs> questions I think for people to you know to answer. You know, am I really doing the right thing for me? Yeah. You know, what is the will of God? Is this the right you know gal for <laughs> me or guy for me? The right spouse? 
you know, am I wasting my time with whatever I'm doing? And I think the key to all this, Tom and Terry, is um, ask and ye shall receive. The only way you're really going to know is you've got to somehow consign what it is you're doing to God and to have God be a part of, of this whole process. And so Jesus gave a very simple teaching. He said, ask and ye shall receive. So how do we know it's the will of God? Well, it requires a certain amount of prayer. It requires a certain amount of introspection. You know, one of the things that Brotherhood has, has emphasized, you know, especially the last 15, 20 years of, of Mother's mission was understand your psychology, do your spiritual work, make sure that you, you look at the things that are causing your fear or angst about and keeping you from getting to where you need to go. But I think more than anything, it's asking that very question. What am I supposed to be doing? Why should I be doing this? You know, please, God, show me the way. Let me use the science of the spoken word. Let me use the violet flame. Let me use these tools to where I can get to a place, uh, you know, where I know I'm doing the right thing. And help me talk to the right guy or talk to the right gal. Bring me to the right person. Right. And, you know, something that I was thinking about that uh, that, uh, you touched on was – you have to have transmuted a certain amount of karma in order to come to the feet of, of the word, uh, you know, and to begin studying the teachings of the Ascended Masters. And so I want to address that out to our listeners because you have balanced a certain amount of karma just to be listening to these programs <laughs> and to be tuning into these concepts. And so now, now is the time to do these, these things that you're talking about. And, well, uh, there are no accidents. There are no accidents in the universe, which is <laughs> it's a pretty amazing thing when you hear about it. Well, wait a minute. I know somebody just had a terrible car wreck. Well, you know, there are no accidents in the universe. Well, And you, you went right to where I was hoping you would go, David, with the question about the um, energy that we bring to bear in our lives being God's energy and the consequences. Because ultimately what we're doing here is – Making that effort, as you said, and what we did in this show, you know, again, this because we're celebrating our, our birthday as in, in, in a manner of speaking, that we organized our search to make it simple so that you can understand that if you can answer those questions, you start there. Yeah. Well, who am I? Why am I here? Where am Where I going? Am I going how do, how I, get do there? I get there? Once you're able to organize that, then it gives you a direction. <laughs> it gives you a focus because as we like to say, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. <laughs> right. You know, so right. this is one of those things. So. <laughs> We're looking at a break again. Oh my gosh, this is flying Time right by. This flies by. Well, we do need to take a short break, but please stay with us as we are celebrating the 300th show, our 300th birthday, if you will, yeah. of the Open Door. So please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. 
Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, Today we are hopping from one cosmic lily pad to the next. (laughs) Here we're covering a lot of different ground today because it's one of those things where in the course of doing this show now for nearly six years, we've covered a lot of ground. We have made an effort to be clear and we also try to make sure we you understand that this is a, a, a joy I mean a joyful path the teachings that we espouse and practice are practical always practical we said a moment ago that um, we're talking about how the uh, difference between a saint and a and sinner. a sinner is effort <laughs> there might be a couple more nuances there but basically that's the, the point it's a big chunk of gray in between right yeah and you know but we we start to get down to the granular level, and then we look at, you know, like today, we're preparing a list of different things we could talk about. Um, pacifism, waltzes, um, precious metals. I know this is one of the things that uh, we all have kind of in- interest in. You know, I mean, there's just so much here, and we realize that it just embraces all of life. That what we're about, is it's, it's all part of the fabric you know, when you uh, mentioned uh, precious metals here in the uh, talking points, um, it occurred to me that I remember reading or hearing that uh, in a golden age, the prisoners wear gold. Now, let's talk about that just a little <laughs> bit. Why does a prisoner wear gold? Because gold is precipitated sunlight, and so it's the closest thing to what they need to get back to, mm-hmm. in other words. And uh, so I think that is all very interesting. Well, you know, when I saw this question, <laughs> you know, I'm an amateur yeah. astronomer, and I've been been fascinated by starlight and the light of God and 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 the physical universe, and how you know how does the, the the spiritual realm relate to the physical universe that we see? And of course, gold. The way gold atoms are actually formed is they're formed during a supernova at the end of a life of a of a heavy star. 
And so because the temperatures get so high when the supernova occurs in, into sometimes into the billions of degrees, that's when these heavier metals are fused together. So they become precious metals because there's so few of them. It takes a certain you know, process for them to, to be created. And so when the earth was formed, you know, out of this cloud of gas that was full of, you know, exploding stars and all the things that seeded it, you know, gold was, was brought into the earth. And we also learned that mm. the elementals, the gnomes actually can actually work to create gold as well. But there's not a lot of it so precious. It's really about, you know, its volume. And, and I was reading in a, in a wonderful book about uh, astronomy that there's only the total amount of gold actually mined from the earth is far back into antiquity. They believe is no more than, than three Olympic-sized swimming pools topped off because, you know, you can take an ounce of gold and you can actually flatten it out to cover an entire football field, one ounce of gold. Oh, my God. This is the unique quality of this particular Ooh. product. So. But anyway, it's a fast. It's a fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating when you think about that. Right. Really right. amazing. And so it becomes uh, the medium of exchange because uh, it's it's precious. And gosh, there was a long and time. Rare. Yeah. It, there was a long time where it was just like thirty dollars an ounce, wasn't it? But the whole point, <laughs> the whole purpose of gold, really, is when you think of it from a spiritual standpoint. You know, it it holds great light. It's a, yes. It's it's both symbolic, and actual. And I think that's why oftentimes when you when you look at the the stories of the great kings and leaders, you know, whether it's the Egyptians or the, you know, the Hindus or wherever, and even in Europe, you know, the various different kings, gold was often very symbolic of not only in terms of, you know, their authority, but also I think in terms of, you know, their rule of what, what well, they were. Do you think there's some nefarious intent behind going to a fiat currency from gold? I think there's been a real, real challenge <laughs> with that. I mean, we, we could, yeah. we could spend a lot of time talking about that. I do think that, that, you know, um, for example, not having a gold standard is yeah. makes America vulnerable. And there are many economists that would, would argue that and say the same thing, you know, and of course that's a, that's an economic philosophical thing. But I, I do believe that, that, um, you know, gold is an important thing if you're a student of the light and you're a student of the masters to have some of that on you. You know, you can, whether it's a ring or a necklace, mm-hmm. you know, something that helps magnetize, you know, that radiation to it. It's a, it's a very high vibrating uh, metal. Yeah. Okay. Well, now what's next? <laughs> well, you know, I wanted, I wanted to come back just a little bit here. You know, we were talking about this concept of storming heaven, you know, and in, during the break we were talking a little bit about, you know, what does that mean and so forth. And I think one of the one of the wonderful things about the Ascended Masters teachings is that it's it really is one of the greatest do-it-yourself kits ever. <laughs> because the reality is is that you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. And so God is saying to you, come back to me. You you're the one that created the world that you live in. You're the one that have gotten yourself into this position. Nobody else got got you there but yourself. Right. And so, you know, now you have to turn things around and now you have to find your way back. And I think this whole concept of taking heaven by force has been a way in which, and and Jesus actually referred to this, how some will try to take heaven by force, the kingdom by force. That is that that instead of thinking that because you do certain things, you're just going to be given that opportunity. You're going to, you know, because of a theology or a doctrine points you in that direction. The wonderful thing about the path of the Ascended Masters is as you do these practices, as you live this life, you watch personally the transformation that takes place within you. I think this is one of the greatest things, the greatest sharing that many of many people I've met on the path, what I witnessed even in, in the life of Mrs. Prophet, watching her change over the last 30 years of her life, you know, how, how mm-hmm. j- not only just her continence, but how, 
you know, how she shared and taught and so forth. And, and many who were, who were her students who were with her, you know, that have gone on now to achieve their victory, you know, in the ascension. Watch the transformation and the change. This is the great miracle. And so rather than this concept of taking heaven by force, which is really, I think, a fallen logic and a fallen theology, you, the individual, you, the soul, have this opportunity to carve your way, to, to create your, your oneness with God. And in the end, my friends, doesn't matter who your buddies are, doesn't matter you know, what you've achieved in life, in the end, it's really only you and God anyway. That's right. Well, and this doesn't mean that we can't be impatient. True. I, mean, I, think, I think there's that's kind of normal. I think. For, well, Mark Prophet became impatient finally when he realized that uh, he shouldn't have told uh, El Moria that I'll talk to you later. <laughs> that's you know, right. uh, and he, he he was starting <laughs> to command and demand him back into his life, and then and then that's when Moria, you know, just Moria appeared. did come back. But remember, he said when Mark said go away, he said, "Well, my son, as you wish." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he yeah. went away. And it was Mark's insistent that he finally came back. Now, you might shed some light on this particular issue, and that's one that I think in one of our earlier shows we had listened to a lecture that um, intimated that at the end of the age of Pisces, we should have been done. I mean, actually, at the, probably the end of the age of Aries, we were pretty much getting ready to make our ascensions, and yet somehow we didn't. We um, postponed it again. So I think a lot of us feel this kind of impatience, this desire to finally achieve it, to get it on because we're behind schedule. Do you remember that teaching? Or You know, I, I think, I, I know what you're referring to, Tom. Um, I think probably the easiest way to address this, because I know you had a notice here about, you know, what happens if we don't make the 51%, you know, what happens to us? Right. You know, why haven't we made it in the past before? You know, we do know, I don't, I don't know if you've talked about this on your show, but we do know that the, the Lords of Karma gave us a dispensation where we could ascend with just 51% of our karma balance. We, we have covered it. Yeah. That's great. Well, it, I mean, the, you can see how difficult it is to get 100% of your debts balanced. So that's why we had this dispensation. But I think, um, you know, yes, I think there was cosmic timetables that the Masters had hoped for, you know, through the various golden ages. Yes, I believe that they had hoped that at certain timetables, you know, Many souls would be, you know, ascending from the hillsides. I think they believe that. But I do know that the Sinister Forest has worked very hard, you know, to to take people away from this understanding and really sabotage and torpedo many of the endeavors of the Brotherhood, you know, which is we find ourselves now here as we go into Aquarius, you know, what are we, 10 years or 15 years into Aquarius? We find ourselves now having another good look and another good opportunity, you know, with, with our, you know, our tools and so forth to be able to help many evolutions make it back to God. Will they decide to do that? You know, only time will tell. Well, and I think with the benefit of, the, of this dispensation of having to balance 51% as a condition of the ascension, we've talked about it before, but it might bear repeating that even if we ascend, we still have karma to balance. And it is easier to balance the karma where it was made on earth rather than from the ascended state. I mean, that's, this is an issue because it could take a long time. Yeah, it could take years and years on the other side. You well, know. a great teaching, of course, is what happened to Mark Prophets. You know, Mark passed, I think at the time he passed, he'd balanced 73% of his karma, something like that. So he had 27% to balance. Well, in our prayers and invocations, we included a call to him at the, at the beginning of every one of our decrees. You know, we call, make a call to Lanello. It took him something like, what was it, 20-some years after he had ascended to balance the last 
you know, 27%. And he did that, of course, through the efforts of his chilas. But you can imagine, you know, the masters can't intercede. They have to they have to honor the free will of us here in this octave. So it's way more complicated to finish that process mm-hmm. in heaven than it is here, which is why they've always encouraged us, you know, make haste while you can, while you have your physical body and so forth. It's pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure that that you know Tom and Terry and I probably are not going to be in a preamble of a decree, you know, when we pass. So you know we're going to want to try to do the best we can, you know, with with the time God gives us. And you know, I'm I'm thinking this is a this is a real impetus to um, to be able to hear the still small voice within, and to turn the music off. And, you know, d- down the white noise, single, and one thing another, the noise, signal ratio. noise, as I was, ju- I was just reading, a, I know we're coming up on a break here, but I was just reading something on the internet this morning about a, somebody that created a cafe with a Faraday cage inside oh so that God. people could not communicate with, through their, through their uh, cell phones and one thing <laughs> another. They actually had to talk to one another inside and if they wanted to make a phone call they had to go outside or they had a landline inside but people are loving it you know they're unplugging so we need to unplug and turn the music down turn turn things off and listen to the still small voice within yeah and you know thank you for bringing that up and i i was just caught on a a cue that you just mentioned a moment ago you know a thousand years from now i love lucy reruns are going to be heard in the kuiper belt so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe we've got the open door out there somewhere you know so it isn't the diaper bell <laughs> oh Tom you know so some somebody somewhere is going to get oh my gosh you know, Jesuit training I do it I give them all the credit good solid <laughs> oh well today we're talking about a lot of different things as you can certainly hear as this conversation has gone all over the map in a good way you know we're talking about the effort that it takes to advance on the path and we maybe don't want to go too fast Talking about karma, reincarnation, the importance of being conscious of God's will, conscious of what we choose to do, our you know cosmic accountability and our consciousness. So this is just, our our little potpourri is kind of trying to basically make this point that we are children of God. We have within us this light that we talk about all the time that we're awakening to by degrees, and that the more we awaken to it, the more we expand our consciousness, the more we get back of what we had had in the beginning. So I just want to say that what we're trying to show you and show ourselves too is that this is full circle. That wherever we're starting from, wherever you are, you're coming back to a point of oneness, becoming God. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a break on that note. We'll be back in a few minutes to close up our show. So please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. 
The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you once again. We are back. We're talking today um, on a various um, kind of a buffet of topics, uh, you know, relative to the Ascended Master teachings. And our 300th show is today. There's one question that does come up periodically, and we thought we'd address that too, and that is this. As we get close to accumulating the percentages we need to ascend, in other words, how much karma we have actually balanced and how close we are to 51%, if we get really close, but maybe we're not quite there, what happens? Well, I think uh, be comforted, Tom, because, um, you know, oftentimes people will make the transition, you know, maybe at 49%, 48%, 50%. And so we've heard great stories about uh, those who have made their transition and spent uh, even decades working with the masters in some of the inner retreats of the brotherhood, uh, you know, whether they work with elemental life, whether they're, this is a, a time of deep prayer and devotion for them, uh, whether they work with, you know, various different committees of the brotherhood, but they work on the inner to try to balance that last one or two percent. Sometimes Sometimes they might have to come back just very shortly, you know, sometimes just uh, mm-hmm. for three months or six months. And there are many stories, you know, where we ask the question, you know, why would someone just be here for such a short time? Right. And this is part of the precision, you know, of the law of karma. But, you know, oftentimes you can get, get over the hump and, and, mm-hmm. and get to that place where you don't have to come back um, with those last couple percentages. What, but, do you do, what do you tell people when you're uh, from a ministerial point of view where, where people are about to make their transition and they're concerned? Well, it's, what it's kind a real, of a teaching do you give? It's, a really good, it's really good because I think, I think even people that have had a, a lifetime of service in the ministry, you know, that are well into their 80s and 90s, you know, that have done nothing <coughs> but serve people all their life, right. you know, often wondered, have I done everything I can, you know, to get to that place? I think one of the things that I've I've noticed because I've I've met many people who have gone on to earn their ascension, you know, and we've had that validated through our messengers. Um, I've met many of these people, and one of the things I've recognized is you get a sense of how people are in the path, where they've come in terms of balancing their karma by how they react to situations, especially when you know somebody brings up something to them that you know is either correction or you know did you have any idea this was happening and right. and so forth and so i found that there's a certain me- measure of humility there's a certain measure of openness that you don't see when people have a lot of karma and so you know for example i have a very dear friend he's he's 89 years old he's spent his entire life you know in the ministry but he's he's you know and he could pass at any time but he's you know he's worried that he hasn't done enough and trust me you know, when you're with them, you feel like you're standing in a flood, a light of a pile of floodlights. There's so much <laughs> blinding light from his soul, the sweetness of his soul, and all he's been doing in the last six or seven years is devoting his life to prayer. Mm-hmm. But not just between him and God, but so many people that he's met since he was a young man, praying for those resolutions. You know, perhaps things that didn't go well, 
asking for wherever that soul might be in this world today, you know, praying for them. So it's to me, I've seen this over and over again, where you see this certain wholeness, this certain peace, this certain, you know, you know, it's it's a comfort, it's it's a it's a confidence, but it's also a humility when people reach a certain point. And so, you know, I just try to tell them, look, God loves you no matter what. There's condemnation has nothing to do with God. Don't beat yourself up. <laughs> you know, the past is past. How have yeah. you been today? Look at what you're doing. Isn't that wonderful? You know, Isn't and that I, amazing? I, I would hasten to add something that uh, you mentioned earlier, Terry. And that is that you who are listening to this show, there is no accident that you're here. Uh, that what has brought all of us to the feet of the masters, to the hem of the garment, has been this sole desire to to make it, you know, to yeah. to finally reach the end of our journey and to reunite with the heart of God. And it's been a long journey. The opportunities we've been given to be here to touch these teachings, very few and far between perhaps. It may have been 10,000 years that we've been on this path to get to this moment. So it isn't something that we want to treat trivially. And as we're talking about to show today, you know, laughing a lot about some of these various components of the teachings and whatnot, yet underneath it all, there is a very serious intent here, and that is that it is all important. It is all something that has been earned. You are worthy. So, you know, in the Christian orthodoxy, we like to remind people that, you know, Lord, I am worthy. Make me worthier still. As Sid likes to say all the time, we are not worthless sinners. You know, that we have earned by degrees our our proximity to the, to, to, the, to the great heart of God. So I'm being a little bit redundant here, and forgive me, but I just wanted to say that we are all in this by choice. Your free will has brought you here. Opportunity has given you this chance to perhaps tune in a bit more, to awaken a bit more. Take the opportunity. Take, time. Make the most of it. Yeah, it's time to graduate. You know, how long do you have to train to be a blacksmith? You know, there comes a time where you're a, you're a blacksmith, you know, and there comes a time when you're ready for the ascension from the plains of Mater. There are many other things to go on and do. We have other worlds to conquer, the, the masters. Well, I love us. this thing. You know, people are often asking me, you know, you know, when are things going to get better? When are things going <laughs> to yeah. change? Is it ever, am I ever going to not feeling like I'm, you know, constantly digging myself out of a rut? You know, and I, and I, I love this very simple teaching, you know, that Jesus gave, you know, he that endureth to the end, will I grant him the kingdom of heaven. And I love this understanding because as long as you don't quit, as long as you don't give up, as long as you keep trying, you know, if you had that that particular show of Theos rules you, try, <laughs> yes, that's the yeah. effort. You know, it goes back to the effort. If you take the tools the Ascendant Masters have given us through the IM activity, through the Summit Lighthouse and so forth, and apply them and use them, you can transform your life you can change you can be resurrected jesus showed it could be done he insisted that the works that he do we could also do you know and so this is the wonderful key that we have you just have to find a way to never give up no matter what's happening and know that condemnation no part of god that god loves a soul who strives if it was going to be easy, we all would have been back a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. That's where the metal is built when you when you work hard to overcome, whether it's your education, whatever it is, you know, what separates the great ones from the others, effort. And and the fallen ones will kind of whisper in your ear, oh, you've got too much karma to deal Why? with. Why make the effort? You know, just have some fun, you know, feel good. It's okay, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, and I think there, there's a certain degree of um, truth to the fact that it is not easy. 
But at the same time, we always hasten to add here that it's a joyful path. It's joyful. That it need not feel onerous. It need not feel burdensome. That, yes, it does take effort. Yes, it does require sacrifice. Yes, there is a certain amount of energy that has to be expended. You can't simply sit there and get there. But it's worth it. And he who endures to the end with a smile on his face or her face, welcome, brother. I love love. I love sitting in front of the picture of St. Germain in the chapel in, on, a, on a Saturday night service now. And I think years and years ago, you know, in the, in the nightclub instead, you know, there's a major joy being in a chapel decreeing for St. Germain on a Saturday night. Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen, Amen brother. to that. <laughs> oh, so the wonderful joy, I think, just, you know, in my closing thought really just is, you know, when you when you apply yourself to this path through love and service, finding a way to understand what that means, what that feels like, there's the sky is the limit. I mean, the sky is the limit. You yeah. can find the glory, and these things that we call miracles just become everyday occurrences. Isn't that amazing? It is. I mean, it's something that is real for us right now. It's not something we have to struggle to attain. It is possible. It is here in this moment. Well, we have to come to the end of another show, and this particular show is number 300, which is a big wow for all of us, I a think. A big wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're so grateful to you who are listening because we, we, we're not doing this for ourselves. We're doing it for all of us. We're a part of a community of the Holy Spirit. These teachings are available to everybody. We hope that you can not only take them to your heart, but take them to the hearts of others that you love, and that at the end of the day... It isn't so much what we do as how we do it. That's right. You know. Tom, Terry, thank you so oh, much gosh, for 300 David. shows. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for being part of it, too. This, is, this has been very David. special and has flown by as they always do. Yes. So, Terry, how can they get a hold of us? They can contact us at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org. We love hearing from you. We do indeed. And though we acknowledge that the path may sometimes be difficult, <laughs> the rewards are out, out of, of this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye for now. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.